Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property programme. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. In earlier episodes in this series, we explored why it takes so long to buy a house and also how the role of the broker has evolved. Well, in this episode, we're looking at the future of mortgage broking. What will the industry look like in 5, 10 or even 20 years from now and how can it get there? Well, to find out, I'm joined in the studio by two people who know a fair bit about it. Maria Harris, Chair of the Home Buying and Selling Technology Group and an advisor on digital transformation to the mortgage industry, and John Reynolds, the Chief Operating Officer and founder of Cojute, a digital platform that connects all parties involved in property transactions. Welcome to you both. Very grateful for you for coming in. Maria, you are Chair of the Home Buying and Selling Technology Group. Could you just start with a, with a bit, of an, bit of an explanation of, of, of what that is and what that does? Okay, so Home Buying and Selling Group is a collaboration group, been around for five years, and that is made up of government, industry and trade bodies who work together with lots of things to try and improve the home buying process. And then two years ago, they started looking at upfront information for property transactions and asked if I could digitise that bit of the process, um, which then led to setting up a technology working group and trying to fix the whole thing around property data and technology and APIs and connectivity and all of that. So the property, yeah, the the technology working group do that on behalf of the home buying and selling group. Got it. Thank you. Can we kick things off with, with looking at the current system? And and where is mortgage broking in terms of digital transformation at the moment? Maria, what thoughts on that? Yeah, so I guess we've seen some really good things the last few years, um, mainly on the back of COVID and having to adopt some digital solutions, which has been great. That's really moved the industry on. Yeah. Um, we've seen things like digital identity, open banking, um, other kind of digital tools being used when we couldn't do face-to-face and when we couldn't see physical documents, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting to see the first kind of AI chatbots, some yes. kind of quite nice digital tools coming through for mortgage intermediaries. So yeah, we're seeing some really nice things, but we've still got a lot of work to do we've Mm. still got a lot of systems that don't speak to each other and we Mm. still have a lot of systems that are um yeah not based on digital and and can't quite do what we need yet john any thoughts from you where where are we at at the moment in the world of of mortgage broking and and its digitization i think the front end of the mortgage process um broking process is, is 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 good there's been a lot of progress in terms of the customer experience applying for a mortgage looking for different mortgages finding your broker engaging with your broker in fact find some of them are digital some of them aren't but it, it's getting there and then you know applying to to the lender so all that's digital but i think the connection to the wider property market is still very analog so the connection from the estate agent let's say to the broker or um from the broker to the conveyancer so still the borrower is left with with many manual processes around 
emails and filling in Word documents and chasing people up. So, yeah, good start at the beginning of the process, but a lot to do to connect it to a sort of seamless end-to-end transaction. And how do you feel it could be improved? Well, I, I think the, the investment um, has all been at the front end. Yeah. So really now it's about an investment and thinking of that end-to-end um, borrowing journey and actually more than that, end-to-end home buying journey. That's really what yeah, it is. Sure. Um, and so the broker can't solve that on their own. It's an ecosystem. You know, it's, it's, um, so so the, the next stage is really to work harder at connecting not just to the lender because obviously that, that, that piece is pretty well served now, but connecting to the conveyances and 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 to the lender beyond the original uh, initial offer like right mm. the way through through the completion process um to to, mm. to to completing the transaction so i think connecting to the wider ecosystem is what the next stage for for uh, mortgage it, brokers it, i mean it sounds good in theory but quite hard to pull off uh, in in sort of in in real life because there were so many different parties involved and they're all naturally focused on on their own challenges how can Koju help with this? You're right. The market is complex. I think there's there's something like forty different estate agency systems. There's something like thirty you know, leading sort of conveyancing platforms. There's mm. the same amount of broking platforms. Probably more because a lot of in-house technology. There's lending platforms, and all of those platforms have a different different sort of data model, different different ways to connect to them. So it, it's complex. So for any one broker firm to connect to. All of that is yeah. quite difficult, and that's what where Kajuke comes in. So we've we've built a market infrastructure. You can think of it like in the in in, in payments, you have Swift, um, which yeah. connects all the banks, yeah. and so in the property market, you you have Kajuke. It's a an infrastructure for that, and and we use the open standard um, built by the technology group that uh, that Maria is referring to, the home buying and selling group technology standard. So any anyone can use it. They can use it to connect to Kajuke network or connect to each other. So it's a it's yeah. an open data standard. And, and do you, for, for it to, to sort of fulfill its um, end ambition, do you need everybody signed up to it? In terms of open data standards, if everybody, if all the software in the in the marketplace used the open standard, then all all the systems could yeah. talk to each other. Yeah. And that, that would be that would be um, hugely that, beneficial. That would be hugely beneficial. And you know, in, in payments, you have you have message ISO twenty o twenty two, but that's that's just the standard for people to communicate how to request a payment, etc. And I know Maria has been involved in open banking, and you know, at the core of that, it's data standards. So yeah, I mean, everybody adopting a data standard yeah. would be totally transformative for the uh, for the industry i imagine what is therefore attractive if i've understood it correctly is that actually the agents and the brokers they don't they can carry on using their existing platform they don't need to change platform they don't actually need to do anything different if they've if they've got the code thing in the background yeah, for if if an agent wants to connect um, to the wider ecosystem using Kojute, then they don't have to change their existing no. software. They they plug into that, and the network yeah. will transform their data into that common standard that then can be passed to to anyone else who's connected Super. to the network. Are, are there other examples around? Um, there's there's there are um, platforms that connect ecosystems. So you have um, like large players like you know, a large a large agent who will have connections to the conveyancer they use or will have connections to the panel they use so there are pockets of digitization in terms of an open market infrastructure at the moment code the only open market infrastructure but there are there is connectivity but i think what the home buying and selling group 
open data standard does. It, it, it really does enable all parties to connect either via CoJude, via yeah. another platform, or however they want to, because it's it's that open standard yeah. that everybody can use. Forgive me. Can we can we just put this into kind of layman's terms? What is an what is an open standard? Yeah. So as a non technologist layman's terms works for me um so all it means is that when we share a piece of data from an estate agent to an intermediary or from an intermediary to a lender that we have a common way of describing that piece of data we have a data dictionary that says i am going to send you some title information from land registry it has a title number the title number will be in this format and it will look like this and we will represent it and it has this piece of provenance so you know that it's a title and when your machine picks that up your machine goes oh that's a title number that looks what i was expecting it's in the right format and it's in a common standard that everyone can share. So it's just a bunch of dictionaries and ways of describing property data and then a set of tools that say this is how you know what this piece of data is. And then everybody does it, the data just flows from one system to the other Mm. without people having to check it. I think in in practical terms, we've turned up here today and we've agreed we'd all speak English um, and it's like that. So you have in the property market all the systems speaking a different language and that's that's quite complex. And the the, the plugs and sockets here are UK standards. So we have APIs which describe how those two machines will connect to each other through a common standard. If there wasn't a common standard for language or for plugs, mm. you'd have the property market. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see what you mean. Can we just have a bit of a brainstorm about how or what the home buying process might look like in, in 5, 10 or even 20 years? Maria, I, I, I've heard you talk in the past a bit about AI and how that's going to be changing things. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so the, um, it's at national level, we have a national data strategy, which underpins a lot of the work that you hear coming out of government around moving to um, something called fair data principles and adopting digital standards and digital formats for data. And again, that's the key to unlocking a lot of the tools. You need really good data to be able to get AI to work well. Sure. So we've got mm. government working on that. Land Registry have committed to moving to that. That's mm. part of their digital strategy, 22 mm-hmm. plus. Um, we've got DLUC who've committed in the levelling up white paper to digitise the whole moving process. Like, okay. way, okay. really need that to happen. Um, and then we've got some other government departments who are doing things with local authority data and yeah. with search data and all that kind of stuff. So we almost need all of those to land, including the Bank of England and the land registry settlement piece. Mm. For if once all of that is on a stable kind of digital platform, then that enables you to put a whole load of really clever things on the top, whether that's machine learning, to be able to automate processes, to use smart contracts, to be able to move the money so you're not, I've got people like sending off chaps payments and waiting three mm. hours for the conveyance there's money to land in accounts there's a whole load of kind of machine driven okay. ai type stuff that comes in that it sounds like you're nearly there but h- how long do you think it'll take to get that plan into place okay well um from what Ballpark. we've seen yeah so what what we've seen from the government departments who have committed mm-hmm. they all seem to be coalescing around the 2025 kind of thing and okay. um, we've still got some government departments who haven't started their digital transformation yet so we've got a way to go with those. And as John said, there are a lot of industry players who have very large, very complex, very analogue, antiquated systems mm. that really need to do a bit of work themselves. And and trying to get the resource for that is hard. And I think that's actually going to be the hardest bit is getting adoption. If we get half of it digitised by 2025, yeah. I'll be delighted. Okay. If we get the whole thing done not long after that, I'd be over the moon. Um, we 
because we've got the commitment in the leveling up agenda mm. to digitize it we're really hoping that we come out with something that is mandated by government that says mm. we have the standards we have the technology actually you guys need to crack on and do it we're going to do yeah. our bit industry crack on and do yours okay I, I was interested on the topic of, of, of AI because it crossed my mind this week. I w was filming in Maidenhead and I was looking after the, the, the couple. He was from France. She was from Thailand. They lived in London. So they, they didn't have much familiarity with, with the UK and with the housing market. So it was the first time I've come across it. They plugged in to a, a chatbot what their requirements were. And it spat out Maidenhead. So they said, right, we're going to go and live in Maidenhead. And I thought, I'm going to be out of a job if this carries on much longer. But well, it, it's great to hear that actually, you know, things are moving in the right direction. And it's, you know, once the industry sorts itself out and we get all of the data in the right place, that's absolutely the kind of thing that you could unlock for consumers yeah. once it's done. Yeah. So we've got, if you're as a consumer, you've got your own identity, which is digital. You've got your open banking, your open finance data, and you can plug into a whole load of property data. Mm -hmm. We can really help people to be educated around what is a mortgage? How do I get mortgage ready? How do I get my finances and my credit in a really good place so that I'm ready to go into this transaction? And then that data can actually tell you based on where you work, where you live, where you yep. socialise, yep. where you like to hang out, what your commute looks like. This is the ideal place for you to buy and this is what you can I afford really in that area. <laughs> no, they still need reassurance and personal <laughs> touch and all those. AI just helps them you know, the first bit. John, if, if Kojute, and, and let's hope it does, if Kojute achieve everything, if, if everybody buys into it, um, how do you see the process looking in the, in the future? I mean, I, I think the future of the market, and hopefully Kojute will be, will be a big part of that, but I think the futures of the market are fully digital. Mm. If, you, if you think about 100 years ago, uh, and I wanted to buy your house, I could turn up here with some money, you could turn up with your deeds and your lawyer yeah. and your passport and okay we can do a transaction physically in this space and yes. walk out and it's done and then the world's gone digital but it's only gone part digital and so you've got your money in your bank account and you've got an identity for that you've got your title sitting in land registry and you've got identity um, for that you've got a contract in word you've got a lawyer sitting in office so you can't digitally bring those things together like you once could physically um, but the world is changing the bank of england is committing to a, a digital pound um, land registry in their strategy talks about tokenized titles um, and so you can imagine and and um, we're going to have ubiquitous digital identity that I mean that that is is going to come yeah. so you can imagine we now meet in this digital space mm -hmm. that your, your digital identity is in the room yeah. um, your digital title is in the room yeah my digital identity and digital cash is in the room yes. and now we can exchange them and that's, that's that's what they call atomic settlement so it's like there's no possibility for you to give me the title and me say oh thank you i'll have the title and the money and walk yeah. away the, the two things will be wrapped up in in a digital contract which will then execute got it at a time and place and at 24 7 yeah. um 365 <laughs> etc so that, that that's definitely coming this sort of tokenized title tokenized digital cash yes. and the ability to be fully online so i think five years we'll get to where maria spoke about and within 10 years i think we'll be into a world of tokenized money and, and tokenized title and, and and then seamless digital transactions like we were in the like yeah. we were in the one room you, you hear again it sounds like we're on the cusp of something very exciting and very transformational i mean it is already there I think we really are at an inflection point. We yeah. see some very big changes. You know, these things, they say slowly mm. and then suddenly. And I think we are at that inflection point. Fantastic.
Finally, let's talk a bit about about the brokers and what what do you think they need to be doing to ensure that they that they that they don't get left behind? Because we, as, as you've both explained, things constantly evolve and they need to, to keep up. And I'm kind of mindful that there are there are a lot of different size brokers. That there's corporates with lots of resources, but there's also many many individuals, and 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 they will. Um, be questioning where do they invest their time, where do they invest their money. Um, yes, they want to win new business, and yes, they want to handle it better. But what should they do? be doing, do you think, both of you, in order to, to, to make sure that they don't get left behind? So much is changing. I think from spend a lot of time with brokers and in, in, in with a brokering firm this, this week, um, and... I've got a lot of time for brokers. I mean, I, I rarely meet a broker that's not really passionate about the customer, about the borrower. The, the, the level of service is generally high. They're very passionate about the customer, but they just don't have the digital tools to help the borrower beyond saying, what product do you want? I'll submit your application. And then the world goes dark for them. Um, and I, so I think the next wave for brokers, they really do need to see themselves as part of the end-to-end journey and connect to the broader ecosystem. And that means connecting really to the conveyances, the lenders, and helping their customers, not just with the front piece, the other piece. And that means just demanding a lot more from their software providers. A lot of their legacy software providers Mm -hmm. have provided a sort of systems of record, but it's not a collaboration platform. So they've got to demand more of their, because they're really passionate about borrowers. I know they are, and and they need to demand better tools. Okay. Maria, any thoughts from you, what brokers should be concentrating on? Absolutely agree with the better tools. There are some really good CRM platforms out there now that are digital first, but they are fairly limited in intermediary space. And where you've got um, something that's a bit more, um, a, a bit more based on compliance and, and getting someone through the sales journey, they definitely need to go and ask for for better connectivity and more more information. I, th- I guess in a really practical sense as well brokers should be talking to their estate agents because that is where they get a lot of their lead generation. So they should be talking to their estate agents about what are you doing around property upfront information packs? What are you collecting from the seller? And what are you passing to the buyer who's then coming to me to get a mortgage? Mm. How do we share that data in a way that's really safe? How can I use Mm. that data as part of the mortgage application so the lender gets a really complete picture of what it is that the customer's trying to buy? And how does the broker help joining up those two bits of that jigsaw? that's a real gap right now okay once again we are all pushing in the same direction and it's all to the benefit of the consumer it is and we you know we're very early stages of um beta testing with some of the live transactions that we're doing using the property data transfer uh, trust framework but where we do have firms who are using it mm. some of the outputs are amazing in terms of much better customer experience yeah. much higher trust more transparency and quicker as well well so we try not to focus on the time because we want the customer to be in control sure, of the time sure. but the ones that we have done we've had zero fall throughs well, th- which is amazing and we've had um, offer accepted on a property to exchange of contract Mm. consistently within 15 days. That's amazing. Which for a customer is just so reassuring. Yeah. I asked the question about speed because I always think that the longer a transaction takes, the greater the chance someone in the chain's personal circumstances will change. And the, the amount of money that gets spent and lost from aborted transaction is absolutely vast. And the emotional cost of that yeah. is enormous. The yeah. stats at the moment around the stress that people have got from from moving home and from the home buying journey is horrific, genuinely horrific. Well, all power to you both. Please 
keep doing what you're doing. It's fantastic, and it's and it's great to hear that things are moving really, really quite in, in an exciting direction. That was Maria Harris, chair of the Home Buying and Selling Technology Group, and an advisor on digital transformation to the mortgage industry. And John Reynolds, founder of Cojute, a digital platform that connects all parties involved in property transactions. Very grateful to you both. Thank you for coming in. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer, and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.